Not so long ago, in episode 65, we had Nathan Barry on the show. That's two episodes ago. And Nathan is the CEO of ConvertKit. ConvertKit is the email marketing platform of choice for many training experts out there whom I admire, people like Pat Flynn of the Smart Passive Income podcast and Tim Ferriss of the Tim Ferriss Show, which is perhaps the most downloaded business podcast in the world. And in that episode, we talked about what an email list is, how it works, how valuable it can be, and how to start one for your training business. So it kind of makes sense that today we're talking to the CEO of Right Message. That's Brennan Dunn from rightmessage.com. And with Brennan's expert help, we're going to talk about marketing automation. And this means using software like Drip or Infusionsoft or uh, Optin Monster or uh, ClickFunnels or specifically ConvertKit, which is the platform I use, and how you can leverage that to make generating qualified customers for your training business relatively easy. Okay, not quite that easy, but it's something you'll have to learn and you might as well start today. This is episode 67 of the Training Business Podcast. Cue the music. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Mark Garrett Hayes, and this is the podcast for people like you, for people like me, for training business professionals around the world. Uh, and the premise or goal of this episode and each episode every single Thursday is to help you to start to grow and to scale your training business. Now, I'm not looking to exclude people because you may not be a trainer. You might not be one yet. You might be contemplating a move from full-time work into your own training business. If that is the case, perfect. This is the show for you, for people like you. Maybe you're a coach and a trainer. Maybe you're just a coach. Maybe you're a, a learning and development consultant. Maybe you are a training consultant. So forget the, the titles or brand names, but if you're in the business of making a business from developing people, from transforming people, from uh, getting businesses the people needs they need to be able to make a profit and to achieve KPIs, then that's kind of what this show is all about. So before the music, I mentioned Brennan Dunn, and he is today's guest. Now, Brennan is no ordinary guy. He is the creator of a course called DoubleYourFreelancing.com. And under that umbrella, there, there are different courses. Um, I've taken one of his courses called The Blueprint. And effectively, it is aimed at people who are freelancers and want to make money from their knowledge, which again makes this episode perfect sense today. Over 50,000 people are on Brennan's list. No mean achievement. And I believe uh, under or just about 10,000 people have paid for his course, which is a huge success. Now, on that basis, Brennan has just released a course uh, called Mastering ConvertKit, which is the, the platform I talked about back in 65, episode 65, with the CEO of ConvertKit called Nathan Barry. So I'm not going to focus on that today too much. Now, I said I am a user. I uh, ConvertKit is my platform of choice for email. But I want you to keep in mind that we're not really focusing on that platform per se today. I really want to share with you the concepts of, of marketing automation and personalization because it's something which is really, really important right now, and it's important that you sit up and take notice of that. So without further ado, we're going to talk to Brennan right now, and he's speaking to us live from the States. 
Brennan, hi, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, thanks for having me. So today you're speaking to us live from, remind me where again? <laughs> Southeastern Virginia. Southeastern so Virginia. South of Washington, D.C. Okay. Yeah. And what's the weather like there? Uh, it's about four degrees centigrade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but it's, it's bright. It's very bright, which is nice. So, so the so sun cloudless. is out, but it's cold. Mm, nice. Yeah, cloudless and cold. Yeah. So, so how's the, the year been so far? Cause we're fast approaching the end of 2019 with 2020 just around the corner. This has been great. I actually moved into a new house back in January. Um, so upgraded the house and spent a lot of money on renovations, but that kind of comes with the territory. Um, but when it comes to work, I've, uh, been really heads down mostly on right message, but I've also uh, released a new course, Mastering ConvertKit. Um, and other than that, I've just been, this has been the, I want to say the year of optimization for me. I've been really focused on what's working, what isn't, cutting the things that aren't, reinforcing what is, and just kind of, you know, focusing on how do I amplify what I already have um, outside of the new course, of course, which is, is, uh, a bit of an outlier there, but otherwise it's going well. Okay. And that, that's focused on ConvertKit. Yes. So funny enough, uh, this year also I migrated from using Drip to personally using ConvertKit. And when I was on Drip, I had a course on and called Mastering Drip, which was kind of the course for all things Drip. And then when the creator of that course leaves Drip to something new, you have a lot of people kind of scratching their heads virtually saying, well, you know, I, 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 I like what you said about this. I agree with why you've moved. So can you teach what you taught here for this new platform? So, um, yeah, I ended up creating... Uh, at first, it was going to be a port, a one-to-one port of the drip course. But my thinking around, specifically around segmentation and personalization has evolved significantly over the last few years since I created the drip course that I wanted to not only just do a one-to-one migration, but also to think about how can I really pad this out with a lot of really good material on better understanding your audience, better personalizing content, and so on and so forth. Um, and you know, truthfully, I'm also working on a book deal at the moment, which is going to be focused oh. on building an audience and understanding that audience at scale and segmentation and all this stuff. So for me, it's kind of a way to beta test, if you will, that upcoming book. So it's kind of a, you know, I, I wanted to do this because I felt like since I moved platforms, it, it made sense that I, I recreated that course. Um, but I also wanted to kind of test the waters, if you will, with um, the material that I'll be writing about. Mm, that's exciting. So hopefully we'll get to, uh, we won't ask you for the title in this episode. We might though share the news of which, <laughs> of, of the title in the book itself in a few uh, weeks time. Yeah. You know, it's, it's going to be, it's, this, I've done two self-published books in the past. This one's going to be published. So it's a very different way of doing things I've, I've discovered. <laughs> so Well, it just so happens that, that two weeks ago, the time of recording now is November 2019. And um, according to my schedule, um, this will be episode 67, which makes the episode with Nathan Barry, the CEO of ConvertKit, two episodes ago, episode 65. So you've just done a, a course called Mastering ConvertKit, um, and one of the reasons I think it would be fascinating to go into that is because a, um, the audience for the show are people who are in the training business. They're in the kind of people development business, helping people with expertise, but you're a kind of a master. I think it's fair to say of, of creating online courses and convert kit is one of them. Um, and the launch has gone well, I take it. Oh yeah. It's gone 
much better than I planned. Um, so I built up an interest list. Really, I didn't do too much of a... So typically speaking, all of my previous products have been focused, except, except for Mastering Trip, have been focused on freelancing. Um, so some facet of consulting. And I was able to really nicely coincide you know, historically future content that I was creating and sending to my email list and so on to align with the upcoming product. And that's what I recommend with most people is to align if you have a big product coming out on, say, marketing, to if you've been building a list on email mar- or on marketing, to send out a lot of really great content that aligns with that future product. And then it kind of preps people for that launch. Um, a little different with this because now I've kind of uh, split my list in two, one of which is people who really care about online marketing with ConvertKit. And the other are people who want to build a great consulting business. There's some overlap, but it's not total overlap. So with that, I've, you know, I've been over the, really the last six, seven months been sending a lot of content to that one segment, that ConvertKit segment about things like you know, my work in progress migration. So what are the roadblocks I'm running into with, with ConvertKit? What do I miss about Drip? What do I like a lot about ConvertKit that wasn't in Drip? So I sent a lot of emails around that, really just to kind of build in the open and show people about what it is I'm learning as I create this course. So I didn't come to this uh, with the kind of the... the, the um, I, I wasn't trying to say like, I am a total expert on ConvertKit, I've been using it since day one. That's not my angle. Instead, I kind of came with the angle of, well, I've been doing the email marketing thing pretty well for quite a few years now. I've moved from platform to platform. Now I'm at ConvertKit. And I'm now trying to think, how do I use this tool that a lot of people see as almost more of a beginner tool? And I don't mean that in a bad way, but I think a lot of people look at like Infusionsoft or ActiveCampaign or Marketo or any of these kind of enterprise tools as being a lot more powerful. And the ConvertKit target demographic tends to be, um, let me put this gently, but tends to be less sophisticated when it comes to advanced automation. And that's fine. Yeah, I, yeah. I think Nathan referred to them as kind of people who are uh, not so much focused on, say, selling uh, cupcakes and things, but more about selling content. Yes, but not not only not even selling content. But what I'm what I mean is like most people, they're 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 they self-identify their audience as creators. So they're they're marketers secondly, and but chiefly they are creators. They're creating courses or you know whatever it might be, and they're selling it to their audience. But they're not typically going after the super advanced marketing automation type, right? So what I wanted to do is I wanted to show ConvertKit actually can do all all of that. And I'm going to make it do all that, even if I <laughs> need to wrestle the thing to the ground, which is ultimately what the course ended up becoming, is how to go about using ConvertKit to do more than kind of beginner level stuff. So beyond the simple five-day drip email course, beyond simple broadcast emails, how do you really dial it in to do things that ultimately allow people to, to overcome the bus problem, which is if you got hit by a bus and went into a coma, would business continue largely uninterrupted? For most people, the answer is no, because they're kind of on that hamster wheel of churning out new content and doing big launches and so on. And my goal with this course is helping people to leverage a single tool, ConvertKit, to uh, help them fix or solve that 
preemptively bus problem. Hopefully no one gets hit by a bus, but ultimately I want people to be able to spend more time serving customers and creating new products and services rather than kind of fueling that marketing engine. Yeah. And you've been, I mean, you're very well known for one particular, uh, let's call it brand, which is double your freelancing. So as I said, you're a master at creating courses and selling them online. Just just give well, give us the timeline of double your freelancing, maybe how it began, uh, whom it's for, the, the numbers, if you don't mind going into that, the number of people who've maybe bought the course. Um, you don't have to share sales if you don't want to, but I think it's really good at helping people out there listening to this thinking, hey, I could have a course which provides passive income. So, Because coming back to your analogy a moment ago, if one is hit by a bus, touch wood, um, where's the passive income coming while you're up in hospital? If you're uh, without being morbid here, but if something happens and you're reliant upon exchanging your time as a consultant or trainer for dollars uh, and you're indisposed, how are you going to earn money for yourself and your family? So with that in mind, there's a real need to understand how to create courses, master them, sell them at a profit. And so perhaps give us some timeline on, on double your freelancing, whom it's for and the success of that, of that story. Yeah. So back in 2011, I, uh, at the time, I was running an agency, and I wanted to get into the product thing. Um, so I created a project management tool called PlanScope. And so this is my first software-as-a-service product. And I built it myself and built up a small little interest list and so on. And I didn't really have an audience at the time, so it was very much an uphill battle. Uh, but I launched the thing, and then I quickly discovered how hard it is to get people to even know that you exist, know that your product exists. So I started doing what I think most people uh, back then didn't know, weren't doing as much, but nowadays everyone's doing, which is the content marketing thing of like, well, I was running an agency. I have quite a bit of direct experience when it comes to how to get clients and how to price your services and so on. So maybe I can write about things like how do you write a proposal? People go to Google, they type in, how do I write a proposal? They find my content, they join my email list, and later on, I sell them on this plan scope thing. So that was kind of the 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 idea back then. Um, the content stuff worked worked wonderfully. People really liked it. They were getting a lot of value out of it. But the conversions from reader to plan scope subscriber were relatively low. So I um, ultimately I started creating new paid content around the free content. So. You know, the, the the software was project management software, but I started creating like a I created a book called W Freelancing Rate back in 2012, which was at the time a simple ebook on generally just packaging up a lot of the things I've been saying, both over, you know, on the PlanScope blog, along with through Skype conversations I've been having with customers and people like that. Um, and really just trying to develop develop really a framework around what it is I think having you know, first my own experience, but now the experience of having interfaced with so many different people, um, how to go about pricing your stuff. And I was really put off by this, to be honest. Um, funny enough, you being in Ireland, the uh, the the reason I wanted to do this um, was I was running PlanScope, but it wasn't really paying that much money. And I didn't have the money to go to this conference that was off on Inishmore off the coast of Galway. Really? And I wanted to oh. go to that, yeah, I wanted to go to that conference. I didn't have the cash flow to do it. So I was talking with my uh, friend and mentor, Amy Hoy, and she's like, well, pre-sell a book uh, on whatever topic you keep getting a lot of people asking you about on this email list you've been putting together for PlanScope. 
So that book became the Weird Freelancing Rate. I got to go to Inishmore and had a lovely time. And then, <laughs> and then um, that kind of opened the doors, if you will, of me providing paid content. Um, eventually got to the point, and this is 2015, late 2015, early 2016, that I decided I couldn't maintain selling and servicing PlanScope along with all these other products I'd been doing. Because I'd created you know, multiple courses at this point. I had conferences both in Europe and in the US uh, about freelancing. And PlanScope was kind of this thorn in my side that was never re- really making all that much money, was being completely eclipsed by this other stuff. And so I, I found a business broker and sold the asset of PlanScope, but kept all the content from like the blog and all that other stuff. So WR Freelancing kind of emerged from being the content marketing arm of the software company to being a standalone training resource, which is now uh, has about 51,000 total subscribers. So you get the content every week, um, 10,000 or a little actually more now, uh, 10,000 of which are customers. Um, so pretty good subscriber customer conversion rate. Um, and uh, yeah, on top of that, I mean, it's just we have a number of different products. Um, solo business myself, I have a part time virtual assistant who kind of does the email support. Um, but yeah, I mean, it does, it used to do quite a bit north of uh, a million a year. Now it's just under a million a year, but I really haven't done much outside of mastering ConvertKit in the last year and a half, two years while I've been f- focused head, you know, heads down on my new company, Right Message. So it's still kind of ticking along and doing well. Good thing about freelancing is it's kind of evergreen. It doesn't really change year to year. Um, so I've been, uh, yeah, I mean, I've just been having a lot of automation that's been in place that gets a lot of Google traffic, turns them into subscribers, does a lot of backend automation for um, you know pitching people in an evergreen basis, cross-selling, upselling, and all that good stuff too. So effectively, you have 51,000 subscribers for W Freelancing, and you've sold, you say, 10,000? copies of the course? Yeah. So by the 10,000 though, um, one caveat is about 3,000 of them are from AppSumo. Um, so if you want, like I, I like to say I've got 10,000 customers, but 7,000 of them came from my own content stuff, if that makes sense. So for people listening, AppSumo is a site where they offer kind of special deals on software, virtual summit software or conference software, something like that. Yeah, well, back in the day, they were doing it on info products. So back, okay. I think uh, back in 2016 or 17 is when I sold W Freelancing Rate um, at a ridiculously low price when it was still a book um, on AppSumo. But it's evolved. I mentioned it was a book that got me to go to Ireland, but it's had a few iterations and it's now um, effectively an online course. What does so the course sell for, Brennan, if we may say that? So W Freelancing Rate right now, there's two two packages. The first one is 297 which is the course itself. And then I have a 597, which is the course, but also a strategy call with me. Right. So you're doing about a million a year. Uh, a little, a little bit under. Little okay. Perhaps. That's More passive income. 900-ish. Um, yeah. I mean, I spend, I mean, I, I know this is the definition of privilege, but I spend about an hour, maybe two hours a week on the business and it spits off about profit about 850-ish or so. That's phenomenal. Yeah, I'm very happy and it's not just W freelancing, of course. You've got the blueprint. You've other courses now. You mentioned uh, well, that's, so. W freelancing is the brand. W freelancing rate, the blueprint, mastering convertkit. All these things are housed under. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So someone listening to this is probably uh, salivating or um, 
green with envy. It, it hasn't been a cakewalk. It has not been easy for you to do this because like everyone else starting, you you cricket, have crickets initially. No one's there and you feel kind of frustrated with uh, all this content you're creating. No one's buying, no one's clicking, no one's looking. Um, how does someone go about, you know, th- from the concept stage to producing marketing and even getting a rudimentary basic course online and, and selling it? Yeah, great, uh, great question. So, I mean, even though I've been, if you want to look at the timeline since 2011, I've been building this audience and this brand, um, right message, which is a completely different audience. I just started that. So I kind of had to answer this question for myself and and execute on it uh, somewhat recently, right? Because even though like the audience that I'd built is not the audience that buys right message. Um, so that was a, you know, the downside it was it would have been a lot easier if I were to build software that directly served the 51,000 people that I already had. Um, but it was a nice challenge to try to start from scratch. Um, so what I ended up doing, which is kind of what I recommend most people do, is I think like the the model of create a blog and just start writing stuff is very difficult. Um, because you know, getting Google to rank you and getting Google to send meaningful traffic and so on is is harder is hard to do. So um and, and I know there's a lot of SEO courses and stuff that help you with that, but I'm I'm not an SEO person. My old my way of doing stuff is just write content and hope Google sends traffic. I'm very naive when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to traffic and stuff. But um I mean, my the thing that's worked well for me with right message. So, new audience. This audience is going to be people who do online marketing. You know, build build their own audience. Uh, Want to optimize for opt-ins and so on. Was to first off, we created a very simple, basic, packaged email course early on. Uh, so this was kind of a foreshadowing of a product that eventually emerged from that. So the thing I like about having an asset like a free email course and then building a paid product from that is that, first off, it's easier to do. And secondly, it allows... The the problem that draws somebody into that free thing is the problem that will draw them into the paid thing eventually. Um, So I... That makes sense, yeah. Right. So by doing that, you end up creating an asset. So this is a very structured, you know, nine-lesson, intent-based email course that purports to bring people in who have this problem, helps them solve it in this way and that way. The benefit of having that is once you start, once you create that, you then create auxiliary content around it whose job is to get people into that email course. And then you can go to people who have similar audiences like the type that you want to get into your new audience. And instead of just saying, hey, can I do a guest post for you, which tends to fall on deaf ears unless you're kind of known or something like that, Instead, you say, I've got this email course that I've put together. It's very you know, structured and, and well thought out and it covers X, Y, and Z. And I'd love to send it to you if you're interested. Um, but I'd love to do a guest post or I'd love to go on your podcast and focus on this component of it or the, the 10,000 foot perspective of what I teach in this course. And what that did for, for me at least was when starting out, uh, right message, I was able to go and get on different uh, blogs. I mean, you know, I'd go and approach people who had a website that focused on the kind of audience that I wanted to reach. Likewise, I did a podcast tour where I would talk about um, 
largely what went into that initial asset. And then that's how we got our first few thousand people onto our email list, not from Google. We still to this day don't get much traffic from Google. Really? We're still relatively new. Um, but by going to people who had complimentary audiences and kind of siphoning off that traffic from them, or not traffic, that 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 listenership or readership or whatever else from them, by um, instead of doing the usual thing of like, um, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, uh, bomb on this because it's not a I don't have I'm not gonna do this on this interview, but usually what I would do is I would say something like let's say I'm going um, like for instance when I would go on and talk about freelancer stuff and pricing and everything. Whereas at the end of a podcast, you typically say, you know, hey, Brennan, where can people find out more about you? And I drop my Twitter handle and I drop my domains. <laughs> we can do instead, that. <laughs> can, yeah. Instead, you can do something like, let's say you and I spent this you know, conversation talking about pricing, pricing theory for consulting. I could say, well, if you want to dive deeper into what we talked about today, um, I have a nine lesson free email course. Go to freepricingcourse.com. So I do own that domain if you go to that. It'll be an opt-in form that I run. And that worked. That, that kind of model works really well for getting listeners and readers who want to dive deeper into the, the starter that you gave them, you know, whether it be through a guest post or a podcast interview. And then that way you're able to kind of intentionally get people who were from this other audience to now also join your new audience. So that's what we did to get the first few thousand people um, onto our email list and aware of what we were doing. And then we kept reinforcing that email list with new content, really good content, we like to think at least, um, that would then get them to eventually become ready to be a customer of ours. So that was that's kind of our entire strategy. And that's what I tell people to do too, is don't just think I'm going to just you know churn out X hundred words a week or something to my blog and think that's sufficient. I think it needs to be a little more you know, how can I create an asset and use this asset as leverage to get myself in front of other audiences? How do I then get these other audiences to then go into this asset? How do I keep my ear to the ground and listen to what people are saying so that I can develop paid material, whether in our case it's software or training courses or whatever else that supplements and expands, um, you know, what they've already gotten from me. So I, I like the idea of it being, you know, if, if somebody gets... Um, you know, let's pick some arbitrary, you know, like a hundred units of of awesomeness from being on our email list and going through our email course. I want to then be able to position a paid product, a paid course, as a, hey, if you've already received a lot of benefit from, you know, just going through the email course or whatever else, if you want to really take that to the next level and go deeper into what we talked about, here's a full framework, interviews, this, that, things that are I didn't cover in the email course, but if if the if the direction that I teach in the email course aligns with what you think you need to be doing, I invite you to self-select to take that next step forward through my paid course and go even deeper. And that's pretty much how, like with W Freelancing specifically, because that's a course business, that's how I go about selling the products. Is I, I give a lot of value away and basically present people with, you can either take the, the shortcut, which is the paid course, where you can expand on what we just what you've already learned and go deeper and get a lot more tactical advice um, and specifics and templates and documents and so on and so forth. Or you can take the long road, which is going to involve trial and error and missed opportunity cost stuff because you're going to need to kind of stumble through coming up with your system for selling. 
and your system for pricing and your method of writing great proposals and maybe compile a bunch of random information from the internet that is quote unquote free and you know synthesize your own way of doing things or if you already have gotten a lot of benefit from what I've taught and you like my teaching style I have a an expansion course if you will that dives really deep into this so by giving people the short code versus long road option I mean that's pretty much my entire sales strategy even even with selling software is I've taught people how to segment and personalize their email list they can go and do this stuff on their own by screwing around with a bunch of random tools and this and that or we have software that directly implements the philosophy that's taught in the free content that we're giving out right so in a way you you have first of all that kind of uh, free content which establishes your credibility because people can say I'm an expert in, in, in a particular topic but until I have some kind of proof of that could be some kind of email course or, or some kind of PDF some document which I can then look at listen to and then follow along with that that until I have that you know it's it's falling on deaf ears so some kind of credibility is important and that's established by giving away free content the next thing of course is getting people into uh an initial course and i think if you said i think you referred earlier on to uh double your freelancing in so far as if people then want to go a step further still let's call that level three they can have some kind of um strategy call with you or session yes so that's the realization that there's always going to be a group of people who given something self-study, they're going to want, even if it's you giving them a live equivalent of what you teach in the self-study course, some people just want that. They want to say, this is my situation. These are my unique needs. You, the creator, you, the author, tell me what needs to be done. Um, There's always going to be some people who want that more, that faster shortcut where they don't need to kind of piece together and go through and read between the lines potentially and figure out, all right, so this is what's being taught in this turnkey, quote unquote, mass market course, how do I apply this to me? There's always going to be a a, a percentage of people who are willing to pay more to get to the end goal faster. So for someone listening to this, they might think, yeah, that's fantastic. I could put together free content and then I could uh, have some kind of product which people pay for. But what about the kind of one-to-one element? What do you think, according to the statistics um, over the years of selling programs, how many people on average, a percentage of, of people are willing then to, to step up again and pay an extra premium to have that kind of one-to-one time with the expert? Uh, to be honest, for me, it's few, but I don't really push it. And the price is, I mean, it's a matter of basically 2 xing the cost for a one-hour call. Um, so a lot of people don't actually need that or want that. Um, but why I think it works for me and why I think it tends to work in general is instead of giving somebody the option of buy versus don't buy, I'm giving them the option of buy self-study or buy self-study with a coaching call, um, which is the, do you want to buy A or B versus do you want to buy or not buy? So it's just a kind of a psychological anchoring trick that I'm employing where I'm giving people options instead of take it or leave it. And it allows me to anchor the self-study course, which is half the price, and position that as the cheaper, quote unquote, cheaper option, right? So for me, at least, it's, a, it's just like if I were selling somebody on consulting, I don't give them a single, you know, take it or leave it option. I give multiple package options typically um, because I know people want choice. They want, you know, versus either, t- you know, buy this or go away. 
which is, um, and I know most of us, especially selling consulting, uh, you know, we, we don't want to, we'd rather it be, oh, okay, well, th- this isn't exactly what you need. Well, we'll react back and respond back and tell me what it is you need. And we'll come up with something maybe a little more appropriate for you. Um, with with podcast or not podcast, course selling at scale, it's typically you're not directly doing a pre-sales conversation with every potential buyer. So I, a lot of people don't know that they can respond to these sales emails and say, you know, hey, Mark, um, quick question before I buy. Even though you might make that obvious, you might put the chat widget on your sales page and everything else. A lot of people don't know they, they can do that. So that's why I like having a, if this is you, maybe buy this. If that's you, buy this. And having maybe two, maybe sometimes three, but usually just two options to give somebody. So it's either an A versus B versus a buy and don't buy. Right. So there's a bit of psychology there. People want choice. And, and I think you alluded to the fact that um, someone else confirmed that for me recently, is that often you'll have a price which you don't really expect people to buy things at, but just having it there kind of, it it sets the frame for how valuable or how reasonable uh, the thing you really want to sell them is. So that that sometimes if a crazy price, it kind of sets in context and makes the kind of lower price that bit, bit more uh, accessible or, or permissible. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's the intended outcome with doing that. It's more like, I don't mind the calls. I like talking with people one-on-one and helping. It helps me. Ultimately, I get to see more about like what kind of business people run and what, what actual problems are they struggling with, which I can then use to make my marketing better or my products better or whatever else. But it also, um, it, it, it helps a lot of people too, because they want that one-on-one. So that kind of comes to, or brings us to the idea of, of right message, which is your new business. Um, I'm going to give you my kind of uh, understanding of what that is and, and feel free to correct me. So I, mean, I came across this on Pat Flynn's website because Pat Flynn is someone whose podcasts I listen to a lot, uh, the Smart Passive Income, uh, dot com podcast. And uh, Pat, I think if not so, if not in the last six months, perhaps at the beginning of this year, 2019, said that this had made a huge difference to his ability to engage and personalize his content with his audience. So effectively, someone arrives on the site, and the first thing that Right Message does is it pops up and asks someone to perhaps click on something which selects where they think they are in in their journey. It could be beginner, it could be uh, existing business owner, or it could be advanced. And what that does is, uh, if I'm if I'm clear on this, it, it then helps the site to respond, hence the term respond or write message, and, and gives the, the the person looking at the website a version of the content or selects the content that's right for them given the stage they've uh, identified themselves as being at. Is that right? That's one thing people do with it, but yes, that is. So basically, the long and short of it is, right message is a segmentation tool, so it allows you to. I think I prefer your definition. <laughs> well, no, I mean, but but then again, what does you know? Is that fancy? You know, you know, PR speak, or is that like what does that actually mean? Segmentation tool. <laughs> so what we do, basically, what we do is. Um, we work with companies who put a lot of stock into audience building and email marketing. And the running hypothesis is that if you can better segment your audience in your email list, you can send more specific messages to these people, which make them more likely to buy. Right. So finding that middle, middle ground between if I were talking with you, Mark, in person, 
um, where you know I can uh, ask you questions about. So you know, tell me about your business and tell me about what you're struggling with and so on. And then I can take like say mastering ConvertKit and I can sell it to you in a way that makes a lot of sense to you. But you know, somebody who is just starting out with ConvertKit is going to need to be given different messaging than somebody who is more established and wants to kind of take it to the next level, right? Even if it's the same product at the end of the day, they need to be positioned differently. So right message allows you to collect the segmentation data so that you can better position your messaging, whether that be through an opt-in or through a sales page, or whether it be through getting that data into a tool like ConvertKit or Infusionsoft or whatever else, so that when you send emails, those are better positioned emails. At the end of the day, the goal is to say, if we can find out either through people telling us, like, why are you here? Or what industry are you in? Or what's your job role? If we can find that data out, and then we can use that data to better position stuff. So, hey, you're, you know, uh, in this industry, we have a guide that will help you, well, you know, for that industry or whatever. Um, or, you know, it could be like different offers you give people, like completely different products recommended completely different opt-ins. So maybe you give people just starting out the getting started PDF you use as your lead magnet, whereas somebody who is looking to sell a business might get the, um, I don't know, the email course on how to value and sell your business, right? Like they're, they're there for different reasons. Um, or you, you could do that, or you could just say, well, maybe I just want everyone to join my email list. I don't have any lead magnets. But I can say, if, you're look, if you've told me you're looking to start a business, my join my newsletter becomes, hey, learn how to start your business the right way. Join my weekly newsletter. Whereas somebody who said, I'm looking to you know, scale my business, hey, scale your business safely and effectively. Join so it's basically the same thing being presented. It just ends up being described differently. So right message is a really easy way of being able to say, I want to find out what people want and who they are. And then I want to use that to change the way I communicate with them. So could, could we give this the umbrella term marketing automation? Is that fair to say? Yes. But whereas most people think of that being done over email, um, this is the website equivalent of that. Right. And, and that's a great point because I think many people, and I'm putting my hands up here, um, traditionally would put up a website, some kind of brochure style website. And with pretty pages, pretty pictures, a couple of videos, and they think, that's it, job done. And now the money will start rolling in. And nothing happens. Um, so what, what Right Message does is it allows someone to come on the site, and then given how they identify themselves or where they're at with their particular requirements, that course, let's say someone has a website on, let's say, leadership, okay? Someone listening to this is a leadership uh, trainer or consultant. Um, any number of people could come from different industries, different companies, different jurisdictions to that one website, but there's no way of knowing who they are unless they self-identify. So right message, if I've got this right, encourages people to say, here's where I am, here's what I'm looking for. And then based upon that, um, you can set the website up to, to give them the right content. And of course, using something like ConvertKit, it can pop them into the right kind of sequence, which gives them content on a, on a kind of a, a, a timed basis, releases them content given what they've said they, they need help with. Is that, is that convoluted? Okay. So, no, well, two, two things, right? Um, so the first is, how do we get more people to opt in? You know, it's a big, big kind of broad question. And there's a lot of theories and thoughts around this, but, but our working theory is that if you can better show somebody how 
giving up their email address is going to help them, then they're more likely to do that, right? So uh, a, a global thing that just says join my newsletter isn't really all that compelling. Um, but if you can instead say, well, you've answered this or you've behaved this way. So we also track things like what kind of category of content are they reading on your blog? Or where do they come from? So what site sent them? What do we know about people who come from that website? Or what landing page did they land on originally from Google? Um, so we can combine that data to profile slash segment them, however you want to call it. And then we can better describe an opt-in so that it's more personally relevant to them. So that's one thing, which is basically going to... It tends to get more... So we've had anywhere between... Benchmark is somewhere between 20 to 70% more overall daily opt-ins when having more relevant uh, survey funnel-based uh, opt-in offers versus the control, which is what people were doing before with like Sumo or Opt-in Monster. So people get a lot of tangible net new subscriber results with right message. But the other benefit is when they get added to your convert account, it's not just a blank record. Instead, you have already pre-segmented them before they've opted in so that when they do opt in, like you said, you can push them down to a different sequence. This sequence is for people who are starting out versus that sequence to people who are established. So that they can get better onboarding emails and they generally know that they're at the right place. The other thing, which we haven't talked much about too, is that we we work bi-directionally with, say, ConvertKit or whatever tool you use. So let's say you do the usual, like, I mean, I'm sure you've been like on a newsletter for somebody. Let's say you're on, you know, Bob's email list. He sends you the latest blog post on a site over email. You click on that link, it brings you to Bob's site, and then you're hit with like a welcome mat and a pop-up and stuff asking for your email address. I kind of think that's a little stupid. <laughs> so what because we know when returning subscribers and or customers are on your website, we can make it so like if a subscriber is on your site, instead of getting them to give you their email address, which you already have and doesn't help them in any way, instead you can point them to your entry-level course. And then when you send that same email to somebody who's bought that entry-level course and they click over, now they're getting pitched on your coaching offering or something like that. So you can make it so instead of consistently, like most websites are optimized to get anonymous people to opt in, but we're kind of ignoring the people who are our best subscribers and our best customers who don't need opt in. I mean, they're already on the list. Right. So that's the concept of tagging, uh, identifying who is where they are on the journey and, and sending them content messaging accordingly. Correct. So we can look at that data. We can look at the tag data that you have about them in ConvertKit or whatever tool you use and then say, well, if they have the customer tag, but they don't have the coaching client tag, then when they're on the site, we want the offer, which is the, you know, the, the little slide up thing or the sticky bar at the top or the thing after every blog post. We want that to be pointing them to apply to work with us, you know, on a coaching basis. Whereas the person who just showed up from Google and is looking at that same blog post, they're seeing the opt-in. So, you know, that that's our whole thinking is that by changing how your calls to action on your site um, are offering different things based on where somebody is in their overall customer journey, along with how they've told you or along with who they are and what they've told you they need, right? You can you can do some really fun and exciting things. So you can change the products you offer people. You can change the opt-ins you offer people. You can describe them differently. 
Like in my case with W Freelancing, if you're an agency, you get a lot of agency speak. Whereas if you're freelancing, you get a lot of freelancing speak. Same thing at the end, same product being pitched. But the way I describe it makes it more relevant to the person on the receiving end. So people coming to you from an agency, they would identify themselves as being from an agency. That's how the, the sequence becomes relevant to them. Yes. Or they land on an article about agencies. Right. Yeah. They're probably not a freelancer. Gotcha. So uh, there could be an article so, out there which, which obviously speaks to them. And based upon their engagement with that, that basically confirms that that's their area of, of interest. Exactly. So I don't need to ask them, I, I assume. I mean, I know it's not, I know a freelancer could type in, how do I grow my agency into Google and land on a content or land on an article I've created. But the likelihood that somebody who is not an agency reads that from Google is relatively low, I think. So I'm fine making that assumption. Okay. So let's say someone listening to this is uh, an IT trainer or an IT consultant. They're a a leadership, resiliency, customer care trainer, some kind of, uh, I don't know, sales trainer, which is my area. Um, They're thinking this sounds really wonderful uh, idea, the idea of sequences and and, uh, automation and personalization, but they're technophobes. Where do they start? Do they engage someone else? Um, Because the first thing they may not know is something as basic as building a website, which which is the case very often. And they're perhaps daunted by this prospect of going further now, setting up sequences and campaigns and, and you know, p- please pour me a drink. I, I can't take any more. Where do they start? <laughs> well, that, you know, funny, the reason we built the thing was I, uh, with my Mastering Drip course, I included the a lot of the code that I had on WR Freelancing, a lot of the JavaScript code at the time. And the, buy, the people buying that course were marketers. And they, they get into the course, they're sold on like, you know, it, it doesn't take a lot to convince somebody that people prefer personalized messaging over general messaging, that it works better. Um, but then, you know, the, the natural next question would be, well, how do I do this? And my response was hire a coder, which doesn't work that well for a lot of people. So um, <laughs> I can so testify that, to that. Yeah. A couple of disasters. Yes, that's, that's why, well, that, that's why we built this was thinking, well, you know, most people are familiar at least with how do you put another, another tracking script on your website? So people sign up for right message. We give them a tracking script. They throw it on their website, whether it be through Google tag manager or wherever they put their Google analytics code and all that stuff. Right. So you put that in and then what we've built is the ability to have something similar. Like if you've gone into ConvertKit and used their visual automation tool, where you can say like visually map out who gets what emails and so on and so forth, depending on different data. Um, we've built basically a clone of that, but for your website. So you could say, you know, I have this visual journey and I want to say, if you're a subscriber, you go down this right path. And then I want to check, have you bought my thing? If not, pitch the thing, otherwise pitch the premium thing. And if you're anonymous, go down that left path at the top. And then I want to ask you who you are, why you're here. And then I'm going to show you a personalized opt-in offer. So you you map this out visually. And then all of your opt-ins, all of your pop-ups, all of your stuff mirrors whatever you've set up visually. So you know we have a a different way of thinking about growing an email list and everything else than uh, tools like Optin Monster or Sumo or even ConvertKit's built-in forms. But our way of thinking is more along journeys versus a bunch of 
random forms with different targeting and this and that. So, so someone listening right now might think, what are they talking about? If what you're actually uh, describing there is, is the ability to use a kind of a drag and drop um, feature, if that's the word in in ConvertKit, where literally people can see visually the path that someone goes through. So, if they do this, then send them this email. If they do this, then. Uh, ask them to do this. This kind of step-by-step logical sequence, that's exactly what ConvertKit does. Yeah, it's it's that, but for calls to action on your site. <laughs> so, same kind of model, but yeah. Yeah, now I know I know we're perhaps uh, plugging ConvertKit a lot, so it's important. I think we're, we're vendor agnostic here. I mean, there is, you've mentioned Drip, there's uh, Optin Monster, ClickFunnels, uh, Infusionsoft, many of them out there. Um, and in many respects, they all do the same thing. But but I'm a ConvertKit user. Uh, you're a ConvertKit uh, master. I think it's fair to say at this stage. A refugee. <laughs> Having created the course. <laughs> um, so b- just conscious of time here, what, what trends do you see uh, around the corner then for online marketing? People listening to this and they're inspired by the concept of, of automation and of personalization and of course, of course, creation. What do you see is the, the around the corner in 2020 and beyond? I mean, I think like, I mean, personalization, not to kind of toot the thing I'm kind of building a business on. Oh, go on to go on um, to. But, but a lot of people do. I mean, I, I think if you look at any marketing roundup trend article for the last three, four years, personalization's always been there. But the the extent of personalization for most people has been hello first name, and that's pretty much it. Um, the Biggest issue we found has been you can't personalize unless you have segmentation data. So you can't like if the goal of personalization is to 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 reshape a message based on well, all right, they're in this industry. So let, let's show a case study in this email about from somebody in that industry, and then they're a marketer. So I'm gonna I'm gonna use language that marketers get. Um, you know that that kind of higher level beyond just. Hello, Mark. Kind of, uh, you know, personalization. To do that accurately, you need to know well what industry are they in and what job role are they at. But most people don't, you know, they don't. Ha- they might have, you know, they tag people based on what they bought. They have obviously their email address. They have maybe their first name. But beyond that, very few online marketers have that kind of data, that segmentation data in their email marketing app. So I think that's going to be a big thing is a lot of email marketing software, if you go to their marketing sites, they talk about, you know, we'll help you personalize emails and blah, blah, blah. But what they're, I don't want to say it's nefarious, but what they're missing is that unless you get that segment data, which a lot of them aren't helping you get that easily, you can't do any of that personalization unless you want to do Mad Lib style. Hi, Mark. How is Ireland? Blah, blah, blank, blah. Blank. <laughs> yeah, which doesn't actually... It's not as effective as being able to say, hey, Mark, given what I know about you and your needs, here's why I think you need this thing, which is a lot more practical and effective, I think. So there's a lot of thinking which needs to go into this. You just can't fling things together. You literally have to put yourself in the the prospect's shoes and say, let's say I'm talking to someone or or someone's in, I don't know, uh, the legal industry. They're, they're They're a lawyer looking for leadership training. It's kind of a niche within a niche. Um, I need to be very good at, at, at using the kind of language and and uh, thinking of the concepts that they struggle with or the problems they have. So in a way, it's it's not something that, that will be done overnight. You literally have to sit down, either talk to someone uh, in that industry and, and kind of understand the language uh, that they use and, and the terms they use and the problems they have and why 
what value there is on solving those problems. And then you kind of, kind of got to come back and, and almost uh, architect or draw, if, if this is correct, a kind of a, a roadmap. What would, where would someone begin if they're on this stage of this journey in this industry? And then almost using post-it notes or, or, or drawing on a big piece of paper, what's the right thing for them at this stage? What would an email course for them look like right now? Yes, I think that's, that's a big kind of, I guess, objection that we get often is, mm. Well, I, I'm sold on the thing, but it seems overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, so what we typically advise people to do is, first off, not to look at this as either as binary. It's not you've either done it or you haven't. You know, there's always some, you know, everyone's always making things better. It's, it's kind of like thinking, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're not actually using email marketing until you have every single possible automation completely done, right? Um, so what we typically encourage people to do is, you know, when we get a new customer, we'll say, get the self-segmenting stuff up, the survey stuff up. So you can get that data, you can capture it, you can feed it and convert it. You can start to segment your audience proactively, even if you're not doing anything when it comes to personalization yet. You're just getting that data in. You're you're able to now splice and dice your email list into like different groups like this industry, that industry, whatever. Mm-hmm. So do that first. And then over time, you're going to start to see breakouts. So for instance, with, with my own stuff, uh, with WR Freelancing, it's, um, I can actually pull it up. Uh, it's about um, 21%, I think, of people are developers. Let me get the right data. Um, 21% are developers. And then under that, the next one is designers. Here it is, actually. So I can tell you, for instance, that oh no, it's higher. Uh, 28% are developers, 19% are marketers. 15% are designers, 15, uh, 14.5% are marked other, 13% business consulting, and so on. Um, 61% of people are freelancing or are not freelancing full time. 39% are. So I have all this data, um, along with like 45% of the most read content on my site are marketing articles, but only, you know, 2.1% are about branding or in terms of what they work they do. Um, Ten and a half percent are writers, whereas twenty-eight percent are developers. So what I usually tell people to do is let accumulate some data, and then just go after the big ones. So I'm ignore writers, ignore people reading about branding and positioning, ignore the things that are single-digit percentages, and go after the ones that have meaningful volume and take up a good market share of your audience, and start with them, hmm. right? Because the idea is if you can make it so. Um, I mean, this gives me a few things. First off. I can create the the default copy, the default sales pages and stuff a lot more effectively by saying, well, the average person is this and that percentage-wise, so I'll just write for them as the default. But then if they're a marketer, which is you know about 19% big enough, mm-hmm. I'm going to swap out every testimonial and I'm going to put testimonials from marketers. I'm going to make the headline something about the best way to price your marketing services or something, right? Um, and I can I can do little things like that that incrementally stack into something that is very, very potent and effective. So I start with collect the data, see what the biggest segments are, and start intentionally focusing on thinking, well, if I had a developer on my site who's been reading about marketing, what's the single best way I can describe that opt-in that would resonate well with them? Right. And start from there. And then let everyone else get the default stuff you already have. And then when you have some time, do the same exercise, but for a marketer and then for a designer and so on and so forth. So go with your, your biggest audience first, solve those uh, content requirements and then 
work the way down the list. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because we have a, we have an actually a kind of interesting feature where you can break down your. So a lot of people know if you were to say, "Hey, what's your, you know, conversion rate on your site from visitor to opt-in?" You could say like, you know, three percent, and you could tell, like, "Oh, I get fifty people a day joining my email list," or whatever it might be. But if you were to ask the average marketer to break that down by, all right, so break down that that percentage by what kind of work they do, or by what their need is, or by what kind of content they're reading. Very few people can do that. So we can break down conversion rates in that way. So you can actually see, like, for instance, I, I know designers don't convert nearly as well percentage-wise as developers. And I personally, because I've been so focused on right message in this ConvertKit course, I haven't been able to focus on thinking, all right, well, what, what, can, I, what can I do differently when a designer shows up and sees an opt-in versus what they're currently seeing? Um, and then I can focus on seeing like over time, am I able to give them a better opt-in that's more designer appropriate? And then over time, am I seeing opt-in rate percentages uh, tick up for that specific segment? So I think that's the big thing. That's going to be, you mentioned future stuff. I think that's going to be the big thing where we don't look at email lists as monoliths of like 50,000 people on my email list and I get 100,000 people to my site every month and so on. But when you can break that down in more ways than Google Analytics can tell you where like me knowing that you're on Android versus iOS doesn't really give me much, right? Whereas me knowing this is Mark's need or this is why Mark's on the website or this is what kind of work he does or whatever else, me being able to compare, superimpose that on top of metrics, I think is a lot more not only interesting, but also useful. Yeah, very, very powerful. Brandon, uh, just before we wrap up then, I have to ask the question we mentioned at the beginning. Where can listeners find out more about your courses? <laughs> just software. So if you, want to, if you want to see what I usually do, okay. um, I, freepricingcourse.com is my, if you want to kind of reverse engineer what I'm doing yeah. uh, with, with my own segmentation and freepricingcourse.com. Yeah, you'll go through a little quiz and then you'll opt in. Um, that's that's way to, if you want to reverse engineer what I'm doing, go go to that. Um, if you want to see what I'm doing on, with the right message, rightmessage.com, we actually send out uh, weekly content on more, I like to say more advanced uh, online marketing things. So not as much like, you know, you can do it, build an email list, but practically speaking, how do you go about optimizing the hell out of what you're doing? Um, so that's at rightmessage.com. You can go to any of our articles and get on the email list that way. Um, you can say hi to me on Twitter too, Brennan Dunn, B-R-E-N-N-A-N-D-U-N-N on Twitter. And of course, wfreelancing.com. Did I mention that? Yeah. Freepricingcourse.com goes to wfreelancing. Oh, okay. So it's basically a redirect. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Brennan, it's been wonderful talking today and thank you for taking the time to speak to us. Absolutely. Thank you, Mark. Brennan, thanks so much for your time, for your generosity, huge amount of time today talking to us about a variety of things. Uh, Your course, Mastering ConvertKit, of course, Right Message and your brand, wfreelancing.com. I know it's a super busy time for you and your team. I've always listened to your podcast, um, and I found really, really a lot of things that I thought I knew and perhaps didn't know or didn't know so well. So another podcast to listen to besides this one is, of course, Brennan's podcast, which you can find on a variety of platforms online. Of course, Apple Podcasts is the first place to look, at least from my perspective, but that's where I typically subscribe to Brennan's show. 
And of course, my sincere thanks to you, uh, the listener out there, for tuning in again this week. It's lovely to know that you're here every single Thursday. If you're not, and if this is your first time on the show, it's, it's wonderful you've gotten to this point of today's episode. I'd like to thank you for your time. And of course, to my regular listeners for your support and for your feedback as to the kinds of content that will help you with your training business. Loads of great podcasts out there, including Brennan's. I mentioned Tim Ferriss's and Pat Flynn. So podcasts are really, really powerful. And we really are people who are lucky to have people like you listening to us. And on that basis, may I ask you to leave a rating on Apple Podcasts if anything today from either Brennan or me uh, you feel has helped you in any way. And it's wonderful to know that um, some of you are finding this valuable. It's good to know. And because this helps us to understand what content's valuable and therefore to attract the right guests who can help you with your training business journey. You can find the podcast every single Thursday on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify, and I believe on a couple of other podcasting platforms. We're also on Twitter, on Facebook and Instagram. So feel free to check us out and to join the conversation. And it's there we'll be announcing episodes or at least uh, updates or announcements, I should say, of things like uh, special offers or, or competition prizes and so on. We have another episode next Thursday of the Training Business Podcast. So until then, as I say every single week, have a wonderful week and bye for now. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.